Okay, for those of you listening to the audio podcast, we also release the show with video visuals on YouTube. So if you like some pretty pictures to go along with our pretty voices, search for Digital Suffering Podcast on YouTube to find us. Right, let's talk about the Playdate. Uh, oh, yay. A new handheld uh, console that uh, popped into existence all of a sudden. Um, I've just brought up the website, the website that you couldn't access because uh, McAfee didn't let you, which was rather alarming. Uh, I've managed to access it on my... What, online. alarming that I have McAfee or because... Well, uh... but yeah, that, that was mostly the alarming part. But <laughs> the fact that McAfee thought that <coughs> gaming was a, a threat to your... Safety. Yes, fill it to your safety. Um, my laptop has not thrown up such warnings, so I may be riddled with malware. Anyway, um, looking at it, look, on the website, it goes, um, there's a bit of a description. It goes, it's yellow. It fits in your pocket. It's got a beautiful black and white screen. Black and white screen. Um, it's not super cheap, but not super expensive. Refresh my memory. How much is it again? Uh, according to news, it is $150. $150, which, when you think about it, isn't super cheap and isn't super expensive. But given the fact that you can buy a Android phone with mid-level specs for 100 quid or even for the same price and have it play the latest Android games and have colour screen and do Android stuff and be a phone is, um, well, that. anyway, that's, that's neither here nor there. Uh, blah, blah blah. Plus, it has a crank. So, uh, I scroll down here. The crank. I, I was like, we're only kidding about the crank. It flips out to the side. A rotating analog controller. It's not to charge it. It's a controller. You you spin it to provide rotational feedback to the game. Playdate uh, Let, tweeted out a GIF of th- this with some gameplay, and. Um, it hurts my face. It, it it's of someone. It's like a fighting game, so sort of thing. It's not a fighting game. Well, on the clip I, I watched, it was called they wound oh, it, right. and it, it like does a suplex to the thing. But okay. you sort of use it to like wind the character. It, it like moves the character back and forth as a, as an example. But it's like that's a really weird control system to have, I guess. Um, because you could be like, if you're a developer, you could be like super evil, and so have it that you need to constantly be turning the crank. Okay. While for those and then using the other the two podcasts, we also release so the like, show with video just people have like on YouTube. They just need more so hands. Like some because they won't be able to go like with our pre voices. If you're a super search evil. for digital suffering like, podcast on YouTube, got to find a game us. You see on the the Twitter thing that they released. They also had title screenshots of four games: um, a golf game, a game called Time Travel Adventures. Another game called Zipper and another game called 360. Spoiler alert, 360 is probably going to be you turning the handle. <laughs> um, regarding the games, now here's an interesting thing. Um, the games, essentially, you buy like season season packs of games. And so, what? You, trust me, this is right. No. Fortnite is a good thing. Seasons are a good thing. <clears throat> this has seasons. Um, so, what we do is you get. To, each season, you get like twenty games, and the games just sort of t- show up on your device unexpectedly as they produce them. They're just like Bing. What, you've got so games. It has some sort of Wi-Fi storage. They, they won't. We, well, you're, well, you're, does, yeah, it delete, does it delete the old games? I have no idea. We have. We haven't. We haven't looked into far. But what it is, the games sort of it will connect. 
it will download the next games and they will appear on your device. They're not going to tell you what the games are going to be. Do you have to pay I, for them? No, no, no. Well, for season one, it, it the device comes with season one. Oh, 12 games, sorry. All 12 games in season one will be included. No extra charge. Um, but then this, like... Bloody better head be. Um, how much does is the next season? Um, it does allow you to, because it's written... It's, a, it's got a built-in debugger and stuff. You can write your own games in C and Lua if you're programmatically, programmatically inclined. But, again, you could also download download the Android developer kit and make Android games instead. In colour? For free, in colour, and earn revenue from that. Um, it's... The, the problem is this device seems to be solving a problem that doesn't need to be solved. Okay. And shouldn't so, exist. So they've, they've gone in their heads, I'm imagining a conversation went, let's develop a handheld gaming unit. Okay, cool. So we're going to try and cut costs on every turn. So make this screen, this e-paper thing, which is probably similar to what you find on a Kindle, right? It's so similar. I love I love the idea. Because the thing is, the problem with the Kindle is the e-paper, when you refresh the screen, it has to redraw... The entire screen. Yeah. Very slow refresh rate. But this stuff, uh, made by Sharp, uh, Memory LCD, it looks to be have a very good refresh rate. And that's what the, you know, yeah, this, this should have killed off. The problem is it makes everything look like Etch-a-Sketch. Yeah, the, the colour... The problem is... It's not like you're going to get sumptuous forest-like canapes, yeah. is it? The, the, the problem with this device is that it should exist in a universe where the Game Boy does not exist. And it doesn't. You can buy a Game Boy on eBay, um, plus why, games. Why Game Boy? It goes far as DS. You well, then, uh, yeah, you, you could... You but I'm just, say, I'm just saying... DS 20 games. But I'm, I'm saying quick. this is a black and white device. It's got two buttons. It's very simplistic. And this yeah, the, yeah. the analogue would be the original Game Boy in black and white. Not the Game Boy Cut, you know. It's like... Um, you know, if you're reminiscing about your childhood and you go, oh man, I love those ancient devices. Why spend so much to get a new one when you could just literally live out your childhood and pick up the actual device? Um, you know, it just seems... I'm just searching here. Let's just have a look. See what... Uh, retro Game Boy... No, that's an imitation... Um, oh, lots of fakes. Can you actually buy... Uh, Game Boy Advance SP, 30 quid. Yes. You could probably buy games for... You know, you could buy probably a pack of 12 games at a jumble sale. You know, it just... It, it's like... I appreciate that they... You know, well, it, it's it's a fun idea, but the... Not the, the problem is, is that... We live in a world where stuff has come before that's better than it, and stuff that's out now... <laughs> it's the switch, so much <laughs> which is like infinitely superior, and if this comes to the UK, it will. Which I doubt it will. If it comes to the UK, no doubt you'll be paying one hundred and fifty pounds for it. And you, you know there are times when you can get a DS for what ninety pounds more than that. Mm. I would save my ninety pounds and get a sorry, not a DS, a uh, Switch. Mm. I would save my ninety pounds and get the Switch. Um, yes. So, because I would enjoy it and not want to throw it in the trash after five seconds. It, it is a shame, but you know the Game Boy has. Why is it square? 
I don't. There's nothing I like about this thing. Does the? I wonder if the the thing folds away. Why does it have rivets in the front of it? Because it's literally made by hand, like in in a factory somewhere. <laughs> They're like to save costs. They don't. You know, the people who who make create the console are probably screwing it together themselves. Do you think the crank has a warranty? Good for five hundred thousand cranks. Because how long before some five-year-old who gets this as a aborted birthday present or Christmas present rips that thing the, off? Well, yeah, but that's not going to be covered by warranty if, if it's damaged like that. No, no, but it no, but, it but, off but the thing use. is, use. I mean, if it's always used like a magnets and stuff to, to detect the rotation, you could have it, you know, and good decent bearings. You could have that run, you know. For a thousand years, it's not a problem. Sure, it's a hundred and fifty pound device, though. I'm sure. Did, I'm sure they spent all the money on that. Well, I think maybe all the money did go into it because they certainly didn't. Didn't spend it on the screen. Well, no, but the screen. I love. The, I love the, the idea of the screen technology is great, but um, it's it's just like this should have come out in 1989. It's not fit for purpose. Or 1988. It's not fit for purpose. Or 1987. It's not fit for purpose. It is not a 2020, because that's when it's scheduled to come out, gaming device. It is uh, an alternate reality 1987 gaming device where yeah. Nintendo doesn't exist. So, no. good luck no, to them. They brought down 87, Nintendo brought up the Game Boy, and then the Game Boy crushed this as well. <laughs> I'd rather play... Uh, I don't know the Game Gear by Sega. I'd rather play on that than this. Do you remember the um, the Nokia? I forgot what it's called. Engage. Now. The Engage. The yes. Taco. One version of that. I think it was the first version of that. You had to take the battery out in order to change the game. I think I remember that one. Yes. Um, because why not? That was a, the weirdest place where. Oh, I wait found a minute! That wait out. a minute! The Engage came out like. After the Game Boy had been invented, right? Oh, yeah. So they could see that game slots and people changing games was a thing. Oh, yeah. And yet... It's a mystery. I found that out in the weirdest I, place. Because obviously I didn't touch yeah. the Engage of the bar. When, when the Engage came, you know, the, the, I looked at that and it was like, this is a sexy device. Obviously using it as a phone where you hold it like, as a, you hold it like this, edge on to talk because the, the microphone and the speaker were like on the edge so you know it, it was you know it, it's like holding a taco it was, it was I mean other than that I was, I was not going to use a phone but as a gaming device it was like yes but the cost of the N-Gage was just like was it like 300 pounds yeah it was just like that was like no I haven't bought a Game Boy I certainly can't afford to buy one of these because I am a child and I have no you weren't a child when the N-Gage came you were probably in your twenties. Okay, well then I, you know, I was a man child. You, you were, yeah, at least in your twenties. I couldn't justify. It. I don't know. I but can't remember. Justify it. You looked at the games and you looked at the system and you went. It's game selection. Why does this cost as much as a home console? It's game. It's game selection. Play was not crapulent games on it. Was not um, fully featured. That's not like the latest Final Fantasy wasn't coming out on it, was it? <laughs> Exclusive Final Fantasy, what would like five or something on on the on the Nokia N gauge, dude. It was that would have been that would have been it, a was, it was would have been in line with like 
Final Fantasy ten. Oh, that's a point. Yes. No, but it, okay. Final <laughs> Fantasy five remake. Because <laughs> yeah, that's all the memory capacity could handle. Instead of coming out on the Game Boy, it would have come out on that. Top down. <laughs> and it was like a it was like a weird type SD card. I think I want to say the um, N gauge and like, but I can only imagine it was probably at maximum. Uh, what 256 megabytes yeah gig cards would have been uh, oh it uses MMC no wait wait how do I put multimedia card yeah, yeah which is just that's, SD that's just an SD and, it's, and so that's that's sub 2 gig capacity yes um, so yeah it would have been like 256 megabytes to keep costs down if that's Yeah, it, it it used it was that. So people are here talking about um, modding it so that they could use SD card instead. Um, it's like wow, the end gauge. Mm. And now we're aborted. You see, this was the beginning of the end for Nokia. That's why they're <laughs> well, they no, sold was... more times than Harley Davidson now. They, they well, no, but Nokia was successful up until Stephen Elop got his claws into that. Don't name drop. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Beep that out. Beep out Stephen Elop. Um, you have to beep Stephen Elop out several times now. Um, it was He was a Trojan horse sent by Microsoft to destroy Nokia. Well, to make them, to soften them up so they could be acquired. And then Microsoft just screwed them up. I think the real problem was that they didn't go into the smartphone market. There, there is that, like, but... That guy had no, no, no wait, wait, nothing wait. to do with that. Actually, prior to his being installed as the, the CEO, uh, they were actually looking at, they were internally developing Android devices. They were internally developing Android devices. They should have been doing and it externally too. When Stephen Newcomb, he goes, well, uh, why should we go in with all the Android manufacturers? We're going to for- forge our own path by ourselves with Windows Mobile. What you're talking about is uh, espionage of corporate level. Nothing can be proved. So, However, ah, so allegedly, you might want to say allegedly. Oh yeah, yeah. It, insert allegedly instead of beeps. Um, it's it's speculation, but you look at you, there are there are other people who have looked into this matter a hell of a lot more detail. And I mean, you look at graphs of like, you know, Nokia's sales and stuff about when they made the transition to the new OS and how just sales dived, you know, so forth. It's just like. It, people who study, you know, business stuff, analyze this and determine he was no good. Um, of course, Nokia have risen from the, the ashes. They are now another Android developer. They are becoming not, strong. It's not the same Nokia, though, is it? It's HND Global, which essentially it's Nokia management, Nokia staff formed a thing. They own the Nokia. Essentially, they it's a company that owns the Nokia. It's Nokia staff. They run a company not called Nokia that owns the Nokia, who writes the selling Nokia, you know, handsets and stuff. Yeah, it's not complicated at all. Well, the problem is that, like like some of these companies that do network equipments, when they split, there was Nokia networking and Nokia things. So one is B2B and the other's consumer. And it's the consumer side that died and the business to businesses they make network equipment for, you know, telecoms companies. So no one cares about them. They also made an expensive camera, 360 camera. Yeah. Quite the ozone, but which the, bond these these days, you anyway, know, it, it's essentially they it is it is Nokia behind it, 
So it is thing. But the problem is, is that they will never. It will take. It's possible they will never achieve, you know, the the global heights they did. But Nokia is as a name is recognizable. It has, you know, you know, um, cachet. It's it has um, recognizability. It, it's a global brand. People recognize that, and that that helps them shift units. Plus the fact that they also innovate, in that they you know, like they do with the the pure view thing. They they throw, you know, decent cameras at it in hopes to differentiate themselves from the markets. Wait, wait. I remember an advert of a blind man with a Nokia phone talking about the camera in an advertisement that Nokia funded. What? Now, was he was he actually blind or legally blind? Uh, there is a difference. Yes, of course there's a difference. The advert portrayed him as blind. I don't remember that advert. We'll, we'll have to... Uh, You'll insert it. No, I won't. Okay, we're not. We're not even going to look. We're not even going to talk about the adverts. The advert, you know, it's done. It was a great advert. I give it three thumbs up. Um, right. So back to the play date. Um, it's. So you're going to buy two then? I'm going to buy zero, but I'm going to keep an eye on it and see what happens to it. Buy one and gift it to yourself. <laughs> I'm going to buy you one and force you to play it. In a saw like torture game. <laughs> Do you like to play games? Do you like to play games? Because there's 12 free on this because device. These aren't really games. Because you're. Would you like to play a game in black and white? <laughs> every time I. Every no, time, kill me instead! Every time I see the animation of the. Uh, the windy thing. Yeah. It makes me think of uh, Sega Bass Fishing with the. on the Dreamcast oh, yes. with the controller. That you had the little winder on. The Sega Bass. Um, ah, the Dreamcast, R.I.P. The Dream will never die. Except it did. What? Man, there's, there's like, people still making games for it. Like Yeah, the homebrew C, yeah. you know, thing is still... Windows CE for the win? Windows CE 5 or 6. Microsoft's been in the game for a while. It had internet connectivity... Built-in modem, multiplayer, removable memory cards, awful ergonomic controllers. What? Love the controller. I love the controllers as well, but the ergonomics were awful. Like, best console for me. Like, had the best lineup of games. Um, like, it's very hard. Maybe the Xbox 360s probably trumped it in terms of how many good games mm. in the lineup it had, but... I modern put, modern consoles. I like, put over four hundred hours into Pl- Fantasy Star Online, man. Yeah, I've got. I had a couple of hundred hours in. There. And then I, I played it got on the GameCube, and I put like another three hundred hours into that. <laughs> and then I was like, "What am I doing with my life? I've got to stop playing this." And then Sega didn't release uh, Fantasy Star Online three on PC in outside Japan, so. Uh, I my, I still have a life at the moment. <laughs> I didn't know there was a Fantasy Star three. They well they they did the three they they did like episode one and two they did they they kind of meandered um, but there is a three the thing is it's you you know um, <coughs> you know how like Fantasy Star Online one is like you know it's sort of, it's it's like it's an RPG but you can you know you, there's action in it you can like dodge stuff but you can see numbers and you know that there's definitely calculations on hits and, and stuff like that yeah. um whereas the the new one um is more action it, it's like almost like devil may cry but 
meets meets Fantasy Online. Essentially, it's, it's, a, it's like arena battle, or um, what's it called? Um, uh, Kiritika, or what, are, what the hell's the game called? Um, essentially, it's like Fantasy Online, but it's more action. So you can like leap and dodge. When you dodge attacks, you're actually dodging the attacks. Okay. So it's more targeting based. It's more action as opposed to the very RPG side where um, you stand there, you do your, sh- your shoots, and you can you get misses even though the thing hits the target because the numbers didn't, you, you know, your, your dice roll didn't come up. Um, so, um, yeah, it thing, but it the problem is that it, it didn't, they've not bothered releasing it, you know, outside of Japan. Um, there's, there's been some really things have tried to, like, patch it, but the thing is it requires a lot of, it needs online connectivity to run, so... Um, so I, this, is, this is like uh, Lost Ark in Korea, so... Only Korean servers, and then people were selling sort of hacked yeah. portals to people so they could play it as a Western player, and then they would get reported and get shut down because essentially they would just block them. What is the game I'm thinking of? It's another battle. Um, yeah, I. But the problem is, is that if Fantasy Star Online comes out in the West, I, I'm probably inclined to play it, but. Um, Maybe not, because uh, I can't... Who's time to sink, like, 200 hours into another? <laughs> Fallout 77, perhaps. <laughs> Hell no. It'll be, it's one up from Fallout 76, so it'll be great. <laughs> the only thing I don't like, obviously, I remember bits of um, Fantasy Star... But I, always, I just remember, as soon as I created my character, I made a beeline to creating the, the Soul Eater Scythe. Oh, the Soul Eater, yeah. And you get it for every character. That was it, that was it. I was just like, that was my weapon for the rest of the game. Yeah, it's like, you know, when I went online, I was like, I got up to like level like 104 or something. I'd like play online, I'd, I'd help a lot of like newbie players and yeah. stuff so like they'd be like level 20 and they're running around and you, you go up to fight the dragon obviously nothing can hurt you because you are like a living a walking god at this point so you bust out you let you you, you bust out they, they get hit and then you just like you're scything down you're using whatever weapons are just totally inappropriate you wouldn't use them in normal play but because they look cool and all those players because they've got like shitty gear and you're like scythe <laughs> yes you may worship me. <coughs> yeah, and yeah, you've got you, a machine gun but this is a yeah. thing for cutting. You can crops. send it, and you're like, you're just gonna like shoot him for like twenty minutes. He's not gonna die. I'm gonna walk over. I'm just gonna hack his legs, and he's dead. And we move on to the next thing. And you just, you just walk around, and I just, I just help you. Then he comes to the dragon, and like people are shooting dragon, and I'm like trying to, okay, I'm gonna kill him before he kills any of my buddies here. Die, die, die. You know, and it was just like, it was great. I love that game. I, I just played, we play the same, you know, dungeons things just over and over again, but it was hilarious because. The, especially with the, the the harder levels it was just a bunch of four maniacs running around creating massive explosions it was just chaos on screen and we just laughed and laughed all the time um i i, I love the, the online multiplayer for that it was just it was so simple but it just worked especially the universal keyboard and you know the emotes and you'd put up the, the help yeah and stuff like that it was just like you know it was just so fun um even with all the the trolls and the hacking and stuff um, I don't know if you ever came across it, the, like the null hacks. Oh, I didn't play online at all. 
Oh, okay. It was called on. There was a, there was a hack. There was a, a, an NPC called Noel. Uh, she was a female reporter you encounter in like oh, the yeah, forest yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. Um, now there was a hack because when you make online games, you don't think about security because this was a thousand years ago and security was a thing. If you 2000. using like a, you know a hacked a cheat device, you could send um, you could essentially program it so that the you you send something to the you send a bit of code to the server. The server would execute it, and essentially, it would turn your character, your player character, into another character. So all of a sudden, instead of controlling a mighty hunter with weapons, you were controlling this NPC with a puny pistol, and you were like running around, and like monsters are attacking you, and you're like level twelve, and everyone else is like level eighty, and this is not a good thing. And if you weren't careful. The game might actually save the data and overwrite your character data, thus destroying your character. Sounds good. There was another one. This it, it, I got. I got hit a couple of times. Fortunately, I it, it never. So there, there was one, you know, and it was just like you'd see it, and we see it for the first time. You're like, what the hell? And like, fortunately, the you know something happened, or the game reloaded, and it got out. But when I talked to someone else about it, and I found them, this not you know, and I was like. Oh shit! This, this character that I poured like hundred plus hours into it could have been just gone, just on the whim of some, you know, jerk who can just like literally do this to anyone at any time online game. And it's like, you know, what can you do? Because you know the the you know they were on the game shop device and stuff like that. These were like these were common things. These were widely available. Yeah. Anyone could have them. And it was like every time you go out and you you, you play with you know and you know you do a random pickup group, this this could happen. Um, fortunately, it, it I never got hit, you know, permanently. But you know, you saw a few times. You're know, like, you know, oh shit, right? That's it. Reboot console. Get the hell out of there. You know, you, you know, you, you don't risk that it happening to you. But um, it, it was a shame because you know the and then there was the the weapon duping um, was going eventually got to the point. You, I don't, there was a, a bow called the oh, what was it called? There's a legendary crossbow. I can't remember what it's called now. But it was super OP anyway, um, and ha- you know hackers would just dupe it. You, you sometimes you go in a game and someone you know they come in and they just start you know in the the, the spaceship level you know yeah. by the shop, they would just like drop red boxes everywhere and you'd walk over and you'd like it's the crossbow it's the crossbow and they're like nine hundred you know attack nine hundred attack one thousand attack just like they they can duping was so easy they could just give these things out like candy. You know, you obviously you pick one up just to see what it's like. <laughs> um, I got rid of I got rid of the crossbow. I kept them. Um, I did get hold of a hacked. Um, it was a, a rifle um, that the evolved form was called the Snow Queen, which its ability to freeze targets on the alt fire was almost like a hundred percent. It was like ninety. It was in the high nineties. So Stunlock. It's pretty much. I go in there, freeze any enemies in the room, and then just let everyone else just hammer on them. So I, you know, it was as a support because I was a I played ranger class support ranger. I, it was very useful because you go into the like the nightmare mode where everything is just like stupid strong and it takes ages to clear each room. The fact that you could like lock down a few of the enemies and give people time to you know get away was very useful. Um, so that's that's why the only reason I didn't I didn't give the other guns I didn't you know I I I, uh, I got rid of all passed them on to someone and said oh look I don't want this you can have it if you want it's hacked but. Um, say you didn't like ban accounts or do anything about it anyway so you know I was going to say look you're a newbie do what you want with it 
Um, but yeah, I only, that was the only one gun I kept purely because um, it was so goddamn useful. Uh, it didn't do like massive amounts of damage, but the fact that had utility, yeah, had utility. Yeah, it had utility. It you know it was useful. Um, but yes, I mean otherwise, I you know you try to legit, but you know played so many hours, just met so many people. I I, I met people on the Dreamcast version, and I met them again on the GameCube version because we all kept the same usernames. And we're like, wait, do I know? You know, we found... And the problem is, it's obviously got multiple servers, multiple things, and you've got to be online playing. So there's, like, no proper friend search function. And, like, to bump into someone on a server, it, you know, to be in sync anyway, I recognise you, you think. And, he, and then you sort of, and it's like, holy crap, dude. We, 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 we put, like, you know, 100 hours into the GameCube version together. We You know, we go way back. It was just, like, um, you know... Back then, it was it was family, you know. Um, no, but that's it. You know, if if you didn't play online, obviously the problem was it was it was horribly grindy. Um, the game was horribly grindy. The drop rates were awful. Um, playing online, just dealing with the sheer randomness and the fact that you know you could, you know, it was just like I said, maniacs with swords and guns just blowing shit up in a chaotic fashion. It was just, it was just so much fun. Um, the problem is you can never go back to it because you you play you play it now and you'd just be too simplistic. Um, but I've I've always wanted um, the next thing that meets that. I, I tried to never winter online for a, a long time, um, doing pickup groups for dungeons stuff. Again, it was thing. But the problem was that with with these games, especially with the you know the the, the MMOs, you need to as as you progress, you need to get good. You need the gear. It becomes less fun because if you're not geared, why would they pick you? If you're not if you're not geared, you're not going to complete the dungeon. That's not fun. Yeah. You know, essentially, you spend two hours running through a dungeon only not to get the rewards at the end. It's like, your time's wasted. Why would anyone party up with you? So, in the end, it was, it, it sort of scratched the itch, especially in the lower, you know, the lower levels, the lower dungeons where, you know, I was within spec for it. But getting up to the, the later campaigns, it was like 20 man raids, you know, this is, and I need to put in 100 hours in order to just to get the gear. So I can run the raids. That's, that's no. Um, so the you know the I'm um, always on lookouts, and it was the the game that I'm trying to think of that's not called Soul Eater. It's not Kiritika. It's a new one that's come out. I mentioned it last week, and I've forgotten it. Um, and it, it's it's an arena battler, but it's it's got that very similar feel. You you, you can do PvP PVE, um, and you sort of you run around, you hack monsters and stuff be a boss, pardon me, and, you know, move on to the next thing. And the problem is, is obviously, unlike Fantasy Star Online, which had great, I mean, you could, I played with people in Japan. I played with Japanese players. Sure. I played with people, like, from across Europe because it didn't need to speak the same language. You could use the, the, the thing where it picks the phrases and it translates across. I also, I bought a keyboard. I bought the, imported from goddamn Japan... Um, the for the company not Taito but it was it was one of the they, they make like game sticks and stuff but it was essentially like a, a GameCube controller I also put the the Sega the Dreamcast keyboard as well. yeah uh, I've got the Dreamcast, game, game, I've got the Dreamcast yeah, yeah. Keyboard so too. it was like imagine a full size key almost a full size keyboard with two halves of a GameCube controller stuck to each end yeah, yeah I remember that. so you're like thing and if you were like type you're like on the lap type type and then quickly grab the control and it was like I imported this thing because the social aspect was so great. And some of these later games, there's like, there's less 
there's no incentive to talk. There's no shortcuts to thing. I mean, you've got sometimes some games have emotes, you know, like Anthem and stuff, but it's like it lacks the communication. The, the, you essentially well, these clapping people, your hands on Anthem. Yeah. yeah, but but the thing it's got a, a something. Whereas all these, you, you don't have anything. You you sort of run with people, but there's no connection. They they might they could very well be just you know AI bots for some of the attachment you get to them, unless you like run with people. So it's 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 a shame because that one it, it developed like I said, chat with people, you know, made friends with them online, you know, um, and. This, this thing persisted whereas like a lot of the time you know I, 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 you could run people online and you know the next day would you even remember who they were or oh I play you know. on Anthem I played missions like a daily mission and then within 10 seconds I'm in another mission and it's a different group of people yeah I'll never see that person again yeah even if I scan the players that just played I'll not see that person and there's so many people, and the so, cycle is so high, and there's so little interaction. In, yeah, you, you're all you're doing a job. They're doing their job. You go and you shoot things, and then you move on. Yeah, and even if there is, it's like, well, I'm not going to remember your name in thirty seconds because I've seen three hundred today. Yeah, and it's like you look like Iron Man with black and white stripes. And that's Iron Man with white and black stripes. It's like, you know, it could work, but it doesn't work. Yeah. You should try purple and yellow stripes. Check it out. I'm in fashion. Um, yeah, it's a shame that, but you know, I I hope to find the next. That that's what would hook me on a game longer because I mean, like I said Final Fantasy, Fantasy Star Online was just grindy as hell, but the social <coughs> aspect kept you playing it for six hundred plus hours across multiple platforms. Um, you know that's. <laughs> It's like best not to think about how many hours you put into that. Um, um, the, well, whatever it is, I can honestly say that I've wasted more. Well, is that something you should be proud of? No, I'm not proud of it. But no, but okay. I, I wouldn't like. Okay, it, I, it, it's not a game we we should be tr- like trying to win. <laughs> no, like, but I said that Diablo two. Yeah. I don't know how many hours because I don't. It doesn't think, have an I don't counter. think it counted. Mm. Most uh, games don't. But it must have relief. been a couple of thousand. I can't. Uh, yeah, more than likely. And uh, Diablo three, it does count the hours. And how many? And I'm over six thousand. Wow. And I got a day of release in what two thousand and twelve. Wow, it's like seven seven years playing. Yeah. I'm trying to think. The only game I've played, even for the remote long, long time, is a mobile game Simpsons Tapped Out. Because, you know, you go in, you play daily, you do your daily quests and stuff. You know, it, it's very low commitment, but I've been playing it for, what, four or five years, okay. just on and off. You know, it's like, how many games do you even commit to that, that level thing? You know, most, Hardly any. Most mobile games, you know, I've, I've dropped, oh, Pokemon Go, I guess, another thing that, you know, I play thing. But because you can work it in when you're walking and stuff, I use it you know, as part of my fitness routine. So, um, you know, there, there's, there's incentive to play there. Um, but it's like, what games are there that can hold our attentions for such a long time? This that, is, this is, this is everything I think about when I put money down for a game. Yeah. This is why I don't want to spend more than five pounds on a game because if I give it up in a week, a month or whatever, yeah. then you, did you get your money's worth? Exactly. Yeah. V- value for money. Yeah. I can like the way it looks, 
but I can watch it on Twitch for yeah. two days and then be sated. It's like Enter Enter the Gungeon. I love I I do love that game, but I I watch people play it and it's like I don't need to play it now. It's I've I've got my money's worth. Um, and then and then there's the games I will never have, as we've talked about before, enough time to play. Mm. Like when Red Dead Two, if it eventually comes out on the PC in the next eight months or whenever it is, you know. Um, will I play it? Probably not. Did I like watching it when it came out and was interested in it? Hell yeah, yeah. of course. But do I have 250 hours to go around and punch everybody in the face, shoot everybody, play every poker game I want to, do the main quest storyline and every other side yeah. quest? No, hell no. I don't have two, uh, 250 hours to sink into that. Yeah, that's that's the thing is that the bigger games, you can you you have to focus on the one or two per year that you can do because there are so many great games and there's not enough lifetime to play them all exactly. um yeah it's, it, yeah no, there are you know a ton of games that I, I looked at that and was like i would so much love to play it but just you know who has the time but you know well, I'm sure there will, you know, there'll be ones we'll pick. We'll rage to, for example, you know. We'll, uh, don't forget to send our copy, Ed. You know, um, so it's, it's, uh, it is what it is. Right. Final thoughts. I forgot what what was our starting topic. That's right. The play date. Play date. Uh, the best. The best. Didn't we start off saying it, it, was it, it the was. most anticipated, highly technological. Uh, innovative, all the words I hate. Um, I have a 2DS, so I, therefore I don't need this device. I have a phone, I don't <laughs> need this device. If I had a Nokia I, N-Gage... I have, I'm holding two of my phones right I, here. If I had a Nokia N-Gage, I wouldn't need this device, because it would just be a cost of $150 pounds. Technically, you could, you could, the, the, the N-Gage, similar screen resolution, you could probably program you know, in Symbian for it. You could make re- replicate a lot of the games, except for the ones that need the crank. <laughs> but the question is, would assign, you want, assign would you want crank to button three. What they should have done was they should have instead of having like the D pad, have like two cranks for the for the uh, X and Y axis. So if you want to go up, you crank one way. If you want to go down, you crank the other, and the other crank is for left and right. Yeah, I get yeah. So you'd have like three cranks, right, and so. It would make the games much more challenging. Have you ever seen an instrument called the theremin? I am aware of its existence. I don't recall. Uh, I'm just going to look it up now. Okay, you've just described the gaming equivalent of that. And you know, the theremin was famously used on the original uh, Star Trek TV series intro music. Well, it's the thing you you wave your hands over it. Yes. It uses magic to... No, it's not magic. It's magnetic fields (gasps) and vibration. Okay. um, yes, you just described a niche gaming device like that niche instrument that nobody will ever pay, play and nobody will ever develop for. That is why Playdate will be dead because no one's ever going to develop for this. No, thing. They've, they've already got developers on board. People who people are who m- many the people many who use RPG Maker on Steam and make a hundred. <laughs> Many developers. I can't even begin to name <coughs> any of them. You can't begin to name them. I can't begin to name any of them. But Panic Games is one of them. So there you go. I don't even know who Panic Games are. They're the people who created the play dates. Oh God. Because obviously you know you've got a first party and third party games. Um, so 
Top to summarize, uh, Theremin, I give it a six thumbs up. Um, it's coming out on all formats. It's really not. It's already. It's coming out already. It's it's it's, it's, it's available. We it's coming it. out fifty years ago. Uh, Moog, send us a Theremin so we can review it, please. <laughs> Actually, like a Theremin turns up at your door and you're I like, "I would love that." You're like. What the hell is this? I would love that. I'd make a whole video on that. We'd be like digital suffering. We're just like, just like while we're speaking, just like constant theremin music all over. I think the last time a theremin hit a high was when Big Bang Theory. Holy shit, man! These theremins are just eye watering. Four hundred eighty nine pounds. They're expensive. What someone should do is create a cheap theremin, kill the markets, bang. People make like homemade ones. Tune in for next week's podcast where we make we attempt to make our th- very own theremin. Uh, we'll also be changing the podcast name to Digital Theremin. Probably not. Though. Probably not. But we do hope to be sponsored by Playdate after this. <laughs> <laughs> Panic Games, send us a review sample. Oh, wait. Uh, Mm, probably <coughs> not on the account of all the negativity. I was trying to be positive, and you were. Um, well, no, not really. I was trying to be less negative than you. What? That it's an inferior device to everything that's currently out there, and it's. Those were your words. And it's I was inferior just saying, to something that came out in 1990 or something like that. When I was the just Game saying Boy Color came out. That the Game Boy Color has better support. Sure. But you know, otherwise, it's. But the thing is, even if if we got a hold of a sample. You just you just hate on it, wouldn't you? You'd hate on it in person. It's I like the the size of it. It's like seven centimeters by seven centimeters by like a centimeter. Seven centimeters. It's tiny. It's absolutely That's tiny. Yeah, it's what absolutely, the hell? But it's bloody square. That's like, and rem- what pocket is that going to fit into? Remember the Game Boy Color. I don't carry a man bag. Remember the Game Boy Color Mini that it all th- thin thing. It was like it was like it was like they had the buttons on the side each either side of the screen, so it was like a thin bar. It was just like a, a really Wasn't weird... that just like the Game & Watch game? No. Well, it's kind of like, but it was longer. Uh, game Boy Color Mini. It was just like... Do you remember the SP? The SP, yes. The the, the clamshell one. Yeah. That was, you know, what? Six by six? Oh, it's a Game Boy Micro. But yeah, it, it looked... You know, yeah, so it was like the Game Boy. It, 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 yeah, but the, 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 anyway, the color. It was just like... <coughs> um, but that had inferior games, didn't it? Wasn't it compatible with all Game Boy games anyway? It, no. You stuck in the cartridge and it sort of just stuck out the back. It was like... I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, too many Game Boys. History has taught us that... Too the, many Game Boys. And history has also taught us that Nintendo have been effing us in terms of screen resolution forever. Yeah. I mean, you think to the... What is it? The uh, 900p, I think it is, screen resolution of the Switch... And you think, ah, that's okay. Look back at any other mobile device from Nintendo and the screen resolution topped out at probably 480. Yeah, all, all the GameCube, Game Boy, Game Boy they're, just, they're all 480p. Yeah. 480p. Like the DS, the highest one was 480. All of the others were at 360, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, and they got smaller. Yeah, it was, oh. It's um, like, and this is, this is when Sharp... And all the other screen manufacturers were making crystal clear 720 full HD screens that cost next to nothing on the sort of market. You walk into a Chinese market, 
you can, and yeah, you buy can. one for less. And it, it just boggles my mind. Nintendo like to do things their own way with their own special resolution numbers. 900p. It's not 1080p, it's less. <laughs> I mean, I, I like Nintendo. The idea send us a Switch, please. Yeah, I, I like the idea of the Switch um, because it's got proper games on it, not like a Game Boy. Like it's like if you played Street Fighter Two on the Game Boy. Like you were in for a real thrill. Have with you those tried two buttons? Have you tried? Maybe you could have the DS you get the four buttons. Wow, that was still two less than you needed. And yeah, but Street Fighter. On the DS. And it was just like... But actually, actually, I think it was... Actually, no, no, it, it came up on the... No, that was the SNES. The SNES had six buttons. Yeah, that's right. SNES, man. Just bizarre. Well, I think we'll... Uh, Seems to have recorded a whole 45 minutes. I think we'll wrap up there. Thank you very much. That was uh, episode four of the uh, Digital Suffering Podcast. We really should have announced that at the beginning... But, uh, I'm Phantom Lim. I'm Stephen something. With the gravelly, gravelly voice. James is uh, very silent. He's on another project. He's, uh, he's on another job. He's in the freezer at the moment. Uh, he died. That was the Digital Suffering Podcast. If you'd like to suffer some more, you can find other episodes on Red Circle, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Radio Public and SoundCloud. Please like and subscribe everywhere.